This podcast is part of a special midweek Lenten series calling us to abide in Jesus. These midweek broadcasts will happen beginning Ash Wednesday until Maundy Thursday. You're listening to Cedar Hills Community Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hi, friends. I have the privilege of speaking to you online today instead of at our usual Lent service in person. I'm thankful and I consider it an honor to be the first one um, to speak in this new format that we're going to be using. So thanks for joining me. In 2015, I was nursing my baby girl at 2 a.m. and scrolling on my phone. I was looking at every realty site out there trying to find the perfect home for our family, trying to look at everything as soon as it came on the market to know what would be the perfect place for us to live. And I would say things like, God, please help me. Is this the right home for us? I don't know. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know which way to go. Please let me know. But what I was doing did not involve any trust in God. I would say that I had a tight grip on control, perceived control, and a tight grip on control does not allow for any trust in God. I think the two are directly and inversely related. I realized that I had been living for 28 years with a tight grip on control, perfectionism that I expected of myself and others. But on my first maternity leave, I read a book by Ann Voskamp, 1000 Gifts, and that's when I started ever so subtly to release my grip on control. What I've learned is that white-knuckling control is the opposite of trusting in God. John Gottman is one of the leading relationship researchers in the world, and he says that trust is built in the tiny moments. And Brene Brown talks about how those tiny moments are a lot like a jar of marbles. Every time somebody has a tiny, tiny moment, you can put a new marble in the jar for them. When my husband said, when my husband sees that I'm anxious, but he's in the middle of a good book, and he decides to look up and to say, What's going on? Do you want to talk about it? That would be one of those tiny moments of trust. When my daughter comes up and puts her arms around my neck, that would be one of those moments. When my friend remembers my grandma's name and asks how she is, I add a marble to the jar our relationship, knowing that trust is being built. Even when my coworker shares her cream for the coffee, it adds trust to our relationship. 
So the lessons that I've been learning, the stories I'm about to tell you, have helped me unclench my fist and be open to receiving God's good gifts. And it's in this recognizing of the marbles, the tiny moments, and writing them down that has helped me realize that, in fact, Jesus has always been available and always been providing these moments. All I had to do was let go of my control and be open to those good gifts. In last year, last November, uh, I was making Jennifer Wagaman a, a meal for her um, new baby. When she had the new baby, I took a meal over. And I was at Hy-Vee, and I was getting the ingredients for her meal. And I noticed that there were a bunch of $5 bouquets. And in my heart, I thought, hmm, I would really like to have one. I'm sure she'd really like to have one. I'll just see. So I bought it. I put it in my cart. I got it home, and I styled it in a beautiful vase, and I put it in the middle of my table. So it looked pretty good there. (laughs) And at that time, my son walked in and said, Oh, I thought those were for Jennifer. So I told him that, yes, we would take them to her. I decided in my heart at that moment, that we would take them to her when we delivered the meal. Two hours later, a beautiful bouquet was delivered to my front door from my girlfriends because I was experiencing my second miscarriage of the year. The bouquet was beautiful. It was huge, and it was in my favorite colors. It's things like this that add trust to the relationship that I have with Jesus. This summer, I was sitting with a friend who's a new believer, and she was asking me all sorts of questions, faith-related but specifically about her use of crystals to communicate with the spiritual realm and to seek answers. She had been getting what she felt like were answers using these crystals. She was asking me about this, and I did not know what to say. She wanted to know what I thought, given what I know to be true of God. I did not know what to say. So I invited the Holy Spirit in, as I do in most conversations, including this one. And I listened, and finally a story came to my mind, and it had to do with the C.S. Lewis screw tape letters, where the spiritual realm is communicating with their workers in this realm. And this, this person's asking... To the devil, why would we, why would we let somebody be healed of cancer? And somebody working for the devil responded, "Well, we would, we would definitely let them be healed of cancer if it meant that later they would be led away from God." That's all I said in this situation, in this setting, to my friend. 
but months later she said that was incredibly helpful for growing her faith in God. Last year I was asked to share on vulnerability at the leadership conference for our church. So I shared there and then sometime later I shared in our Parenting Together community. That, that day that I shared upstairs, I was already feeling a little bit wondering if what I had said was helpful to anybody. And then after I shared upstairs, I was even more shaky about what I had said and wondering if it mattered. I came down the stairs after giving a tiny little breathless prayer to God and I noticed a letter in my mailbox. I opened it and it was from Diane Potter. And she had said that, yeah, what I shared at the leadership conference was meaningful to her. As I picked up Nina from Sunday school, Nathan Cooper also shared that what I had said was meaningful to him upstairs. It was an answer, twofold answer to prayer, right after I prayed it. Recently, we were asked to go to a birthday party, and I agreed to go, but as the party came, I started to get a bad attitude about it. I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay home on this weekend night, but I had said we would go, so I got the kids together and left, leaving enough time to grab a coffee, which I had promised myself. On the way, the weather started to turn. We wound up getting there late. And I walked in with a very bad attitude. At some point, I decided that I was going to be open and let go of that control. So I started up a conversation with the person standing next to me who I did not know. Well, this mom and I turned out to have many connections. And I was telling her how I had been caring for my sick child the day before and how I was really thankful because on sick days we get to watch movies and maybe eat comfort food and I get to care for my little one in the comfort of my home. It's really not like it used to be. <laughs> and she said, gosh, you sound like Ann Voskamp. I was flattered because Ann Voskamp's book changed my life. But it's in noticing these little things and noticing the ways that God comes through for us. Later in that conversation, the conversation turned to faith, and she also asked about our parenting community. I thank God for that conversation and that moment, and all I did was open myself up to it. It was a few weeks before Christmas, and we were feeling pretty stressed out. We had been to parties on both Saturday and Sunday and still had more to do, and never even made it to the grocery store as we typically do or make a meal list. So I didn't know what we were going to eat that week or how we were going to get meals made. Well, as I thought about it, I realized I had two freezer meals still in the freezer from um, the Parenting Together freezer meal making party. So on the first couple of days of the week, I used those meals. On the next day, we had already scheduled to go out to eat for my father-in-law's birthday. So that took care of the first three days. 
Well, that day then also, Kathy Poole dropped off a meal as a thank you for watching Abby sometime in the previous month. So we had a fourth meal. Then the next day, my cousin stopped by and handed me two freezer meals, something she's never done before. But that was the year, this last year, that her father had his first Christmas without his wife. So she got him freezer meals and decided to gift us freezer meals as well. It just goes to show how good God is when we are open to him. He's always giving us gifts. God is always good. Even in our times of trouble and uncertainty as we are in this very week. God is always good. John 15.5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. All I need to do is remain. What's interesting to me is that I feel like, I, I feel like this message is relevant for this very week with all we have going on in our world, all the uncertainty. But God gave me the words for this message in December when I found out I would be speaking for Lent. One night, I felt like I should start writing things down, and so I did. And here they are being used on, at the time that they were supposed to be used in the way they're supposed to be used. I loved what Leah said last week in service, she said that when we're fearful, we can. it's good to recount the ways that God has been faithful to us. For me, it's now far more obvious the ways that God has been faithful, has been there for me. It is the way that I can be certain that I can trust in Jesus and lean on him even in the most uncertain times. It is the way that I know that I can have peace even in these difficult times. Thank you for joining me today. We pray you were blessed by today's message from Cedar Hills Community Church. For more information about our church or how to support our ministry, visit www.cedarhillscr.org.